Welcome to The Protectors. Excellent guest today. I've been a fan for a long time, like a fanboy of the actual product. I wear them all the time, literally all the time. But uh, Griff, welcome to the show. Combat Flip Flops, brother. Well, thanks for having me. Appreciate it, Jason. I've been a fan of your stuff for a while, too, so it's good we finally connect. I appreciate it, man. I do. Um, you know, it's it's weird. It's a weird community how we're all kind of connected to certain people at different times and different locations. But it's neat, man. But uh, when I first found out about combat flip flops, I knew nothing about you. None of my friends were, uh, you know, rocking around with some combat flip flops or anything like that. And I was like, hey, you know what? I could buy something that really kind of supports the legacy of the others. So let's talk about the the conception of combat flip flops. Uh, so both myself and one of our other co-founders, Donald Lee, were both Second Battalion Rangers at a uh, Fort Lewis, Washington. We, he was in the initial invasion in Iraq. Uh, then he got back. That's when I joined the unit. And then we both went to Afghanistan together a couple times. Uh, he got out after his third deployment to Afghanistan. And then I carried on for another two. So between the two of us, we have seven tours, two to Iraq and five to Afghanistan. And what we saw there was that in spite of all the bombs that we could drop, rockets, we could shoot off gunships, whatever, it was the poverty that was really causing the main issue. So illiteracy, lack of education, lack of healthcare. And there was really nothing that the DOD was doing to combat that. We were, you know, as it's commonly said, we were just cutting the grass. We were just whacking down weeds until the next ones pop up. And, you know, I saw that we were literally just cutting the head off the Hydra. We'd just whack a dude and then three more would pop up in their place. And in 2006, uh, it was time for me to move out of that job uh, to another job. And I just decided I didn't want to stay in the army anymore. So I got out, I went through the standard struggles of most veterans uh, after, you know, being told we were told before we joined, being told we were told when we were in, and then, you know, having our experiences that we did downrange and not everything meeting together and then being pulled out of a high performance environment where you get paid to work out, eat and shoot guns. Uh, I struggled, Lee struggled like most everybody else does as well. So if you're struggling, you're not alone in this fight. We've all been there. And then I started, uh, I lost my job in the 2008 housing crisis because I was a home builder. And I ended up getting hired by a company called Remote Medical International to put clinics in war zones in support of government contractors. So I started traveling to all these areas. And what I witnessed was small businesses and small business leaders were really the ones who were making the difference in these areas. So we tried to come up with an idea that would employ as many people as possible in conflict areas. So we came up with the idea of combat flip-flops. The original idea happened in a combat boot factory in Kabul, Afghanistan, which we were planning on manufacturing there. Long story short, we wrote a book about it. It's called Steps Ascending, Rise of the Unarmed Forces. If you want to read about this and our mentality behind it, I suggest picking up the book. It's less than 150 pages. Good, entertaining read. Uh, there's lots of swear words in there. We use the F word as a verb, noun, paragraph, semicolon, if we can. Uh, but it's it's everywhere <laughs> in the book, if, and, if it, and it highlights that. If you're not in the army, do you really know what the word "f" means? The "f" word, and for everybody out there, that means the "fuck" word. Shh. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, man, uh, it's absolutely day in day out. I think I think your book is going to be in our book club here in a couple months. Well, I hope we're so. Have to do yeah. that, man. Definitely. 
Well, we, um, so we, we started there, uh, long story, but we've had multiple failures in footwear factories in Afghanistan. We shifted our footwear production to Bogota, Colombia. We're back to Afghanistan and textiles, found a manufacturer making jewelry out of landmines in Laos. And our whole thing is making cool stuff in dangerous places. And then we use our profits to put little girls to school in Afghanistan, because we think that if we educate women, we educate families, educated families are resistant to radicalism. And if we have more families that are resistant to radicalism and prosperous in these areas, we'll quit sending our sons and daughters to fight in these endless wars uh, back with poor foreign policy and leadership. I agree with that whole that whole last paragraph. So when there's Piccolo 2022 or 2024, I'm going to use that as one of my platforms because it's the truth. And that's one of the reasons I actually found out about combat flip-flops is looking around, you know, I, I found the mission statement and I was like, they're actually doing the right thing. You know, you brought that up in the beginning of your, um, your talk was about not having that mission set for the next mission. What is your next mission? Um, is it just to make money or is it to do something for the, the big, greater good and, you know, make a living on the same token, but having that other mission and having something going back positive into society, whether it's here, CONUS or OCONUS, it, it's really key of, of getting that fulfillment. So your brain doesn't go down this mush whale. If that makes yeah. Sense. I mean, I can tell you that most, most guys fail getting out of the army because, or the, the military, because the military, especially when you're in a soft unit and combat deployed, make a lot of money comparatively and it's tax-free so when you go from that to having to be competitive in the civilian market in which your skills don't directly translate you take an immediate 50 percent pay cut you lose all of your friend group it's it's a huge struggle and then like most of us we battle through it we go and we we do everything that's asked of us we follow the formula we go and we get these jobs and we crush our way through it like good leaders that we are and then we make a ton of money and we're wildly unhappy yeah, just ridiculously unhappy because, you know, getting up and working a nine to five or, you know, in, if you're going to make that kind of money, you're working a 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. And you're just really finding that it's just adding to the bottom line for somebody else. There's not really good people at the top making decisions. Any statement that's made on a philanthropic give is just a marketing ploy and not really felt in the culture of the organization. And I did that. I I, I truly felt that I made plenty of money. I did lots of cool stuff. I was, I was comparatively successful. And by the time I was 34 years old, I was the vice president of operations for a major defense firm, you know, doing millions of dollars in business. And I could not have been less happy. I, I, I it would have, it was a struggle. And then when I, yeah, this idea of combat flip-flops was running in the process and I finally, you know, People thought it was a side project for me and it was a cool, quippy idea, but I really wasn't committed to it because it wasn't my full-time thing. And people don't commit to you until they commit to it. So I made the jump in 2013. I took an 80% pay cut. We had to move out of our house, rent out our house, live into a small, you know, a little two-bedroom duplex with two dogs and two kids and 800 square feet and, you know, make all of our own food and just struggle, you know, like many Americans do, but I was... I was happy and I've just really kind of continued that forward, living a minimalist lifestyle, putting as much back into the company as we can. And the mission is for us to put as many girls in school as we possibly can. I've got a personal goal of a hundred thousand. We're going to clip a thousand this year and I've been at it for 10 years. So I'm probably going to work the rest of my life to try to put a hundred thousand girls in school in Afghanistan. But if I get to the end and I didn't make it, like 
and I put one in school, like it was worth it. It's fine. It's always okay. that, like, as long as you make change with like one person, I always found that like, don't think when you start thinking like this global, like I got to change the world. It doesn't work. It doesn't. But when you think about it, like at the scale of, okay, we're going to change one, one life. And then I want, but it's a ripple effect, man. If you change that one life, it's going to change the other. It's not going to be like, okay, if we drone that one house and take out the whole family, um, you're making, you know, 10 or 20 different insurgents, but Hey, you know what? If you support someone educationally and they know where they got it from, maybe it changes the mind. Uh, you know, I like to think, uh, you know, I like to, I'm idealistic when it comes to that, when changing the minds of people, especially the youth and especially people who've never had access to like stuff, like little things like education and uh, running water, maybe, you know, little things like that, that kind of make huge differences. And by little things, everybody out there, I hope you understand. I'm, I'm kidding. That's a huge thing. And uh, I, I love seeing companies doing this. I do, man. I appreciate that. And, it, and we say, um, you know, we had the idea, you know, we threw down some cash out at it and we, we figured it out, but we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be doing what we were doing. We wouldn't be as successful as we are if it weren't for our amazing customers. We call them the unarmed forces. You know, these are people who actually took the time, read our mission statement, read our book, learned about what we're doing, follow on social and they buy products. And every time you buy a product, a little girl gets to go to school for a day. Which is cool. Like, how often do you get to like slide up at a bar? And I, I, I joke about this, but I mean, this is the the ultimate desire that I have is some young dude buys our product, slides up to a bar, and some girl goes, "Oh, those are some cool flip flops." And he's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, you know, it's not like I bought them at Walmart." It's like, "Oh, let me tell you the story." And when I bought yeah. them, a little girl went to go to school, and then you know the conversation carries on, and you help a guy close a deal, right? This is like primary, like it, man. secondary, like it. and tertiary effects. This is a, <laughs> what we're trying to provide our customers. But in the end, like we just have an amazing group of people who who believe in our mission and are willing to to fork, you know, make the informed purchase decision to buy our products instead of something out of China. And we're super stoked on that. You know, I started off with the, you know, I, for everybody out there listening, I actually have the website up. And I'm taking a look at it. I started off with the AK 47s mm-hmm. and now I think I'm on a flop raider, but I'm, uh, you know, on behalf of the protectors, we will buy a, a pair today because I, daddy needs another pair of shoes. Um, but yeah, you're not just doing that lately. You've been talking about helping out uh, with an interpreter. And I really want to talk about that as well. And cause you're not just, you know, when you see, from what I, from what, you know, following you guys on social and everything was when you have other missions, when you see other areas that need to be, you know, resources directed to it, you jump on it. You don't just say, ah, you know, leave that for someone else. Let's talk about that. Yeah, we can swear on this podcast, can't we? Oh, absolutely. All right. Right on. So I believe in the power of now, but not just right now, it's right fucking now. And when, um, you know, we have our guy Monir and he's been serving the United States and special operations for 12 years as I mean, legitimate interpreter been in more gunfights than 99% of veterans. He's done so much for this nation, kept so many dudes alive, made forward progress. And he's been following the process diligently. He's been playing by all the rules. He's done everything asked of him and his SIV packet, special interpreter visa has been denied four times. So I was actually, I've never actually never worked with them in combat. I've only worked with them commercially through combat flip-flops. But when I started going to Afghanistan, I hit up a fellow classmate of mine 
he was a green beret. And he's like, look, man, I need a trusted dude. Like I need somebody who's going to get me there, get my family in and out of there and get us home safely. And Monier was recommended to us and he never disappointed. He's been our guy on the ground for since 2012. So nine years. And he's been like working in and out of combat units. He's been working in and out of intelligence agencies. He's been picking up all these contracts and he keeps getting denied on his visa, yet they keep hiring him. And you know, my speculation is that he's just so good and so effective that they don't want to let him go. Well, now we're at the point with the U.S. withdrawing. His land has been stolen. His home has been stolen. Him and his wife are on the run. They're living in a tiny apartment in Kabul inside the green zone, which is super expensive. They're burning all their cash and they're just watching the clock until somebody rolls through their, you know, their apartment complex, finds them and then hauls them out the street and murders them. And that's the, just the reality of the situation. And so understanding where this is at, like I reached out to every representative I could. And if you guys are familiar with the process or if you guys want to know how it goes, you're going to reach out to your congressman. They're going to push you off to a staffer. The staffer is going to take 24 to 48 hours. They're going to send you a disclosure form, which they can't act on Monier's behalf or whomever your interpreter's behalf is, unless they give a release of signature. So then that paperwork needs to get filled out, go back and forth to Afghanistan, you know, over the, the cycle of darkness because they're 11 and a half hours off. You know, he's got to get to a cell phone, which he has, right? And he's got to print out the paperwork. He's got to sign it. He's got to send it back, which is an arduous process in Afghanistan. We, we take that stuff for granted here in the U.S. But if you're in a tiny apartment on the run, like getting a piece of printer paper, and a computer to do it can be a dangerous task. And people just don't think about these things. So by the time you actually get to a person to submit your inquiry, you've already lost a week. And if anybody's paying attention to the news, clock's ticking. Like this is one of those things where districts are getting rolled over by the day. You know, there's just a report that came out where the military said they think they're going to be out by the 4th of July. I mean, things are escalating quickly. Um, Every congressman and every senatorial rep we've reached out to has been less than stellar on their urgency regarding the situation. They simply parrot back to us information that state's given to them and they, they say they can't actually look in or you know put weight behind an approval. They can just continue asking. And it's just, it's just horrible. It's it's disgusting that you know these staffers and these politicians go to their fancy dinners they go to their fundraisers they go to all these events they get up on the news and they talk about bull crap and meanwhile they have the power and the ability to start like breathing fire down states you know butthole right in a very mean way to get them to actually do their job and regardless of how many people we contacted the, re the response has been uniformly lackluster so fuck it bias for action File a GoFundMe campaign, use our social channels. I will use shame as a tool to shame every congressman and politician and senator that did not take action on this to motivate people to use their, you know, the politicians point fingers. Well, our unarmed forces, our followers use their fingers. They donate some cash. And mm -hmm. in less than 24, in less than nine hours, we raise enough money to get two work visas for him and his wife, buy two airplane tickets, get them set up in an apartment in Turkey in which they then they can apply as refugees and then once you apply and get status as a refugee with the UNHCR, then your you know, your immigration process to the U.S. is much more streamlined. So let me get this straight. The guy serves the U.S. Special Operations for 12 years, keeps getting denied on his paperwork, has to have a whole bunch of people pay to get him out of country to which he can file as a refugee in a third country. And then the, somehow the process gets simpler. It's stupid.
it's done. It's, it's disgusting. And I'm angered as an American that this is the process that people who have sacrificed and stood up for our country, more than 99% of the population have to go through this. So that way we can kind of fulfill our promises to them that they can get to the United States. I, uh, while meanwhile, if you look at any border that our country has, like we're letting these guys across all day long, hotel rooms, everything like I'm losing my mind over it. I, uh, I, I believe me, if someone understands the immigration process and how fucked up it is, it's probably me, you know, working for the, uh, the different agencies over the years, man. And, you know, I, I can't get over it. History always repeats itself. It's not like we're just reinventing the wheel when we went to Afghanistan. What happened after we left Vietnam? All the people that helped us out getting executed in the streets all over the place, man, all over the place. And the same thing is going to happen over there. How many people have helped us, helped us help them? Really, did we help them? The interpreter, he, was he, is he rolling around in like a, a brand new Mercedes? No. Nine times out of 10, there were a lot of these guys, girls were out there doing it for, you know, trying to better their country. Okay. Let me even say it's seven times out of 10. Who cares? Like you said before, saving one life through education and through, and through other means. Now we're saving lives of people who have actually saved our lives, our soft community, our ground forces, our conventional forces. We've used interpreters for 20 years. Okay, okay, give or take a few months, but 20 years. You know what I mean, man? And I understand your frustration with the bureaucracy. I've been in D.C. for eight years now. Holy shit, nine years. And um, being part of, you know, going to Congress, trying to get things done, getting the lip service, working with these SESs that, from these different agencies that all they care about is promotions, working with these these uh, congressmen and staffers and everybody else who are like, well, how is this going to benefit me? Well, at the end of the day, whenever you retire or whenever you move on to your next corporate gig, I can look myself in a mirror. Same the way you can. These people really are lacking a moral compass. And not yeah, saying that you and I are like, you know, this this ultimate people, but come on, man. Oops, I just yeah, I just used to come on, man. That that's already been token by someone else. Yeah, it's uh it's really decided that it really depends on what side of history you want to be on. Like I have a firm belief in technology and is is super sneaky and as everything else we think we are today in 50 or 60 years, the technology is going to be exponentially more complicated. They'll be able to hack everything that we did. They'll be able to forensically look into every decision, every name, every person, every email, every bank transaction, and they're going to see the shady shit that happened. Those people who think they're getting away with it now, like their names will be written down in history for the rest mm -hmm. of the world and all the stuff that happened. Like, I know I'm going to be good. I, I can you. go to sleep well at night. I'm fine. Right. But there's going to be some sort of, whether it's, you know, during their lifetime or when they meet their maker, there's going to be some reconciliation to be paid for their greed. It's going to happen. You know, that is one reason I really wanted to have you on the show too, is you're not, you're a small business, but you're not like, it's different, man. You know, just just having a heart behind your decision making process. It's always not about like you know the next social influencer who's gonna, you know, tout my brand or anything else like that. It's about you know, you're throwing real shit out there. You're saying, hey, you know what? We need to fix this. We're gonna do it this way. And hey, if the government, Big Daddy, isn't gonna help us out, we're gonna do it ourselves. Um, yeah. No one is coming. It's up I, to us. I you know I love that man. I have that uh, uh 
Yeah. There's a flag on my wall. Nobody's coming. It's absolutely true, man. Nobody is coming. Um, and if anybody knows the government's not going to be there to save you and police is, the police is always too far away unless they're right there. You really have to save yourself and, and save your family. That's why, you know, you've probably seen my, the protectors have transgressed, if that's a word, from just being like law enforcement, military veterans and everything to now it's people who are protectors of their family. It's people who are legit protectors that are doing the right thing. And brother, you're doing the right thing. And uh, Thanks, I appreciate, man. appreciate that. Well, if you, if you guys want to donate, like we are, uh, we're getting Monir and his wife out. We're waiting for funds to transfer from GoFundMe right now. And as soon as that's done, we'll be providing some updates to, to donors of how this is going and anything left over. We're going to use to get as many people out as we can. Like if you guys are listening to all the lift service and all the stuff on the media about uh, the folks getting out of country and the military evacuating people, just look back at history and just know this speeches are not plans. Plans are not well-executed operations. And very rarely do speeches turn into well-executed operations. Well, the, I'm probably going to get some more shit. For this, but yeah. On behalf of the protectors, <laughs> we're going to donate. <laughs> yes. This is what's happening. $50. Right now. Like I'm into it, dude. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. And I'll buy some flip-flops, but you know, and we'll do the payment as soon as I get off here, but there we're going to, there'll be $50. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I love what you're doing and I'm, you. I'm glad to have you on the show. Everybody, uh, scrolling along the bottom is actually the, the page for it. But if you just go to combat flip flops, look on the front page, you can scroll over to it while you're there. Check out the products. I've had the AK 47, the original one. I don't even know if it's the original one for at least five, six years now. Um, and I've had my other one that, what is it? They're not good for running. Good for bat. What is that? Bad for running, thing? worse for fighting. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Bad for running, worse for fighting. Yeah. You know what? I might actually have to do like a a, a competition or something with those suckers on because I tell you, you could probably fight with them, man. I'm not lying. I'll do like a little shooting competition. <laughs> we've had a couple guys. We've had a couple guys like okay, some, some sneaky black sheep. Like some of our old boys go out to these uh, fun shooting competitions, you know, and just mm -hmm. kind of hang back, and then they'll go out there and just set a flip flops and just like smoke the competition and walk off. Oh, it's always awesome, fun to man. see. <laughs> I love it. I love it, yeah. man. Well, you hang on a line and everybody make sure you go to combatflipflops.com.